Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, the weekly survey of news in the Philadelphia Archdiocese. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with Matt Gambino, the editor of CatholicPhilly.com, and we're taking a look at this week's top stories. Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. Matt, always good to have you here. Happy to be back. And it's also great, as always, to have with us our friend, Father Thomas Daly. Father Daly is the John Cardinal Foley Chair of Homiletics and Social Communications at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Wynwood, Pennsylvania. Father, welcome as always. Thanks, Gina. So, Father, the Pope seems to be developing a reputation as a bit of a comedian these days. He's joking with journalists and kidding around with the kids at his audiences. And some might say that humor isn't really fitting for the leader of the Catholic Church, who normally guides us on very serious matters of eternal consequence. But in your recent column on CatholicPhilly.com, you point out that humor can actually help to spread the gospel. So my question here is, how can we joke for Jesus and win souls? <laughs> That's a great question. I think in the Pope's case, you see what many people refer to as his normalcy. And his interactions with people are obviously serious in the sense that he's the Pope interacting with people, but he's also interacting with people. And so I think his use of humor, whether it's with kids that he's playing around with or even joking with the press during his in-flight press conferences, it reveals a level of personal interaction that is necessary as the basis for humor, but that also allows him to be with people and not above them or beyond them or out of touch with them. I think that's the real key to his humor. Pope John Paul, too, was known for some of his lighter moments, and not just in public, too. He could goof around with kids and Mm -hmm. photographers, but he had a real talent, from what I've read, to diffuse tense situations or just the formality of the situation. Uh, There's a story of him on a visit to Washington, I believe it was, at the top of a staircase, and he asked someone, is this the head security man. And they said, yes, your holiness, it is the head security man. So he said, okay. So he got on the top banister and slid all the way down the stairs and gave the, the <laughs> almost a heart attack to the top security man. I wish I'd been there. But it totally lightened up the mood. Sure. And he had a way of disarming people and making them feel more relaxed and more receptive, maybe to his message. Absolutely. And that's a skill. We know from psychological studies the disarming power that humor has or the de-stressing power that humor has. And the psychologists and physicians will, will tell us it's good for your heart. It's good for your nerves. But there are folks like Pope John Paul II or Pope Francis who have almost an innate ability to poke fun, to joke, and to, in that sense, lessen, if you will, the seriousness or the formality, which just naturally comes along with what they're doing. Do you think Jesus was funny in his earthly life? Well, you know, it's a deep theological question. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the question was, did Jesus ever laugh? And some of the deeply thinking theologians will say no. And the reason is because he always, being God, he always knew the punchline ahead of time. But of course, others will say, no, he's also fully human and therefore he would have laughed like we all do. So it's the kind of question theologians waste their time with. Um, (laughs) You heard that here, folks. (laughs) But it's a good question because it does go to the point of the humanity of Jesus and the human interactions of Jesus. I often think what it must have been like to be in the midst of the group of disciples. I mean, they must have harassed each other constantly. (laughs) You know, there's Peter trying to walk on water and Thomas, what was he? thinking, poking the side of Jesus. And I'm sure they harassed James and John for wanting to sit at the right and left hand. So 
all of these occasions, I would think, would be opportunities for them to poke fun at each other. But the key, I think, and the key to humor in this sense is that they're able to do so precisely because they are already united, because they are already friends, because they already care for one another. If you think about it, we don't usually laugh with strangers, but with friends, we can have great fun. And that points to a virtue that you talk about in your article, and I'm going to mispronounce this and make myself and everyone else laugh in the process, so it's fitting. Eutropelia. Did I get that right? Eutropalia. Eutropalia. Okay. Eutropalia. Don't go to YouTube for your pronunciation hints. It's all Greek to <laughs> me, Gina. And it is Greek. It is Greek. So one more time, it is... Eutropalia. Eutropalia. What on earth is that? Well, it's the Greek term for playfulness or wittiness. St. Thomas Aquinas referred to it as a virtue, the virtue of playfulness. Francis de Sales speaks about it in his rather lengthy section on speech in the introduction to The Devout Life. And while he's mostly talking about rash kinds of speech and slanderous kinds of speech and, of course, denouncing that, he makes an exception for what he calls eutropalia, which is the joking around, the kidding around, the poking fun at one another that friends do. It can be kind of a coarse, almost insulting way of speaking, which he is not in favor of. But we also know that, you know, among friends, we make fun of each other. And that kind of humor, which really really only works because the friendship is already there. That kind of humor strengthens a bond. That kind of humor unites friends. That kind of humor, as, as we see with the Pope's interactions with the press, actually facilitates their dialogue. So in that sense, it's virtuous in that it helps communication. It helps lighten the mood, yes, but more importantly, I think, it also helps to, to show our humility. It goes along with that virtue of recognizing that there are bigger things in life, and so we can laugh at the things Things that, Including uh, my pronunciation of that word. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, we, we can laugh at the things that happen every day. And before we went on the air, you had mentioned that you contrast that with an expression of people who are always very solemn and somber and that it's no mistake that we say those people are... Dead serious. Sure. To a certain extent, if you're serious 24-7, people are going to think something's wrong and something probably is. That spiritual side of humor, I think, is what we often forget and what is becoming easier to forget in a digital world where there's no context for right. the words, where there's no sort of face-to-face -face interaction that you can see. I'm, I'm laughing as I say this to you. But that spiritual side of humor, that life-giving side to humor, recognizes, on the one hand, our smallness, our humbleness, that there are greater things in life. And there are very serious things in life. So we can laugh at all the, the, the minor stuff. But it also recognizes, I think, the foundational loving relationship that the humor issues from and contributes to. The basis of it is friendship, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting online, social media, especially where there isn't a face, the, the modus operandi is snarkiness, sarcasm, and that can be lost in the context. Very much so. Now, I think sometimes it's meant to be snarky and sarcastic. True. And, and that's where I think you cross the line. When our humor is insulting of people, and this happens often when I'm trying to be funny with somebody I don't really know, then it comes across as an insult and it's rejected. But I can say the same clever thing or witty thing in a group of friends and they realize where it's coming from and they laugh. 
You talked about being disconnected, you know, especially out on social media, living this kind of digital ether. I often think that, you know, there's kind of an inbuilt humor in creation. I, I love animals. And when I look at different videos of nature and different creatures, I have to think God's having a good laugh. You know, on days when he's a little tired of dealing with us, maybe he's looking at some of the creatures who are roaming the African plains and having a laugh at watching giraffes get stuck in trees or something. I would suspect so. You know, that, that's why we laugh at TV commercials that, that include the animals or that cartoon series, The Far Side which looked at everything from the animal's perspective. It's a brilliant, brilliant series. Um, sure. Does, does God laugh? In my imagination, I think absolutely. Precisely because God loves. And in loving us, can laugh at the little things that we take so seriously. And that's hard to find in a digital world, precisely because we often have to state that we are laughing or that, that we're always commenting on serious matters. And it's more of a challenge nowadays. And since Jesus is true God and true man, what's more being human than laughing? Sure. Look at the gospel passage with him interacting with the Syrophoenician woman. She wants him to cure her daughter. And he says, probably out of a sense of being really weary, that, you know, I'm here for the chosen people of God. And she says, yeah, but even the dogs get the scraps from the table. Right. I imagine at that moment, he had the biggest smile on his face, <laughs> like, okay, good point. <laughs> Go home. Your daughter is healed. <laughs> Or when he says, uh, remove the plank in your eye. I mean, the image of how to make somebody kind of chuckle, right? Absolutely. And children do. That's the best sign. And that's where you can tell where humor really works. When when kids laugh at something, right. they, they get it. Well, before we let you go, Father, any good jokes? Uh, none whatsoever. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> that alone was worth a laugh. Father Thomas Daly, thank you so much. Always good to have you here. We hope you'll come back again soon. You're welcome. Thanks, Gina. God bless. And for more on these and other stories in local, national, and world news, as well as features on sports and culture, visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of catholicphilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. And until next time, may God bless and keep you. This episode of Inside Catholic Philly is sponsored by the Bazillion Spirituality Center. The Bazillion Spirituality Center, located in Jenkintown, was founded in 2000 to bring Christ's praying, healing, and life-giving presence to all God's people. Rooted in the spirituality of St. Basil, the center is a hub for Catholic activity in the Philadelphia area. Our spring 2019 program schedule includes an open house on January 30th, a retreat for caregivers on March 23rd, and faith formation meetings on Tuesday evenings during Lent. Find us on Facebook or at stbasils.com. This podcast has been a production of CatholicPhilly.com. Music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com.